Nice to see all that red out there. Uh, well, happy Reformation Day. I think that's appropriate greeting there. It, you know, today is Reformation Sunday, and, and what a joy it is that uh, it's happening on a Sunday because it really lines up with history and uh, with the sermon and, and, and all that. So this is a great thing. Yay, right? Yeah, that's... We have some announcements that I would like for you to um, take a look at at your leisure. There is, of course, the big shindig this next Saturday, which we are going to celebrate God's blessing and faithfulness that has been poured out upon this church, Reformation Lutheran Church in Westminster, for 60 years. So uh, we really hope that all uh, who are here can attend. If you haven't RSVP'd, would you please take a blue card uh, out of the pew in front of you and write your uh, name and attendance and those that you'll bring? The more the merrier. Uh, that would be wonderful. Also, we will be celebrating uh, All Saints Day uh, with uh, roses and the naming of our loved ones who have gone before us to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, next Sunday. And the other wonderful thing that is going to happen next Sunday is that uh, Jan Tubiola's grandson, great-grandson, will be getting baptized. And so what a wonderful bookend between Reformation Sunday and and this next uh, Sunday where we are going to be uh, witnessing the um, Great Commission going out. And to all nations and baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So please come next Sunday as well. I will let you uh, peruse through this at your leisure. Have I forgotten anything, Susan or Ashley? We did cancel Bible study um, for Sunday and Pastor lunch with Pastor Ken on Wednesday. Did we cancel that too? Um, the reason for it is, is that, as you can see, there's some painting going on. And, and after service, you'll be able to go over to the social hall and you'll be able to see where they have been painting. It's looking really nice. This man uh, came as a, a referral. And thank you, Mike, for finding him. You know, we are uh, a church made up of many parts. And so you never know uh, how powerful we are until you ask good questions. And Mike found this other gentleman named Mike, and he is... Uh, hard worker, and he does great uh, work, in my opinion, what I'm seeing uh, him doing. So, And thank you all for um, giving generously so that we could pull this uh, project off. I uh, have, uh, Mike is actually coming by and, and during the week and checking on the painters, letting them in in the morning and locking up, making sure everything's locked up in the evening so that we get our money's worth. Randy Dustin is involved as our president with all of the money stuff and, and negotiating. And so it has taken um, efforts by a lot of people to pull this off. And um, so take a look. I'm sure you'll be pleased. So let's get started, Louis. Uh, oh, and Louie has been pitch-hitting for us for the sound room, and I am so grateful that she's done that. Um, our brother Tim and Paula, um, please keep them in your prayers. Uh, they are uh, on the tail end of recovering from uh, the virus, and um, so just please keep them in your prayers as the Lord uh, heals them, okay? And a one and a two, and she gave me the finger, this one. And uh, it is not that easy to do out there because I have no idea how that, that works, but thanks, Louie. 
Here we go. come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, 
Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be.
Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant to your church your saving peace through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verses 6 through 7, and can be found on page 1928 in the Pew Bible. Uh, John's vision is the basis for the book of Revelations, but we don't know if this part of the vision is an appeal for people of the earth to hear God's truth or a declaration of God's judgment that's coming. So Revelation 14, 6 through 7. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. We'll read Psalm 46 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 46 message is that God is always there to help us. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Though its waters row, roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The Almighty Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 19 through 28, and can be found on page 1750 in the Pew Bible. And Paul's writing of the news of salvation by God's forgiveness of our sins. Romans 3, 19 through 28. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced 
and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No. Because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. John from the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord Christ. Our gospel today is indeed from St. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36, and can be found on page 1663 of your Pew Bible. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. 
1517, a monk who was also a university professor, uh, a uh, composer, a brewer. His name was Martin Luther. He wished to have a scholarly debate concerning the topic of indulgences. He did what any university professor would do. He composed an invitation, an invitation to debate, and he came up with 95 talking points concerning indulgences. The original title of this invitation was this, the disputation of Martin Luther on the power and efficacy of indulgences. However, most people call it the 95 Theses. On October 31st, 1517, Luther sent copies of these 95 Theses to his own supervisor and to the archbishop who, is, who supervised the sale of the indulgences. And much to Luther's surprise, the 95 Theses became very popular. In fact, within two weeks, copies of this document had spread throughout Germany. And within two months, it had spread throughout Europe. Printers began translating the 95 Theses from the original Latin into local languages, and they printed it, and they widely copied them, and making this one of the first examples of the power of the press. And after Martin Luther died, some of his friends said that he had also posted the 95 Theses on the university bulletin, bulletin board. And the university bulletin board was the front door of All Saints Church in Wittenberg. And that was on October 31st, 1517, the day before the Feast of All Saints, which is November 1st. Now, this makes a certain amount of sense. The nailing it on the bulletin board because everyone involved with the university would attend services on the Feast of All Saints, and they would see the invitation to debate. And since the publication of the 95 Theses was the spark that resulted in the Reformation of the 16th century, we remember this Sunday, the Reformation, October 31st. Now, as we observe the Reformation of the 16th century, we should, first of all, make sure that we know what a Reformation is. Many people seem to think and believe that Reformation is simply a change, a change for change's sake. And we know that change for change's sake makes well, it means that everything is fresh, and it's new, and it's innovative, and so forth. And for some people, this is very exciting, and it's very attractive. And, well, that really isn't what Reformation is about at all. It just isn't. 
Now, Reformation is about returning to the truth. In the case of government, government reform, it is about getting rid of corruption. And it's about getting back to the law of the land. And in the case of religious reform, it is about getting back to God's word. In today's reading from the gospel, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you Amen. John 8, 31 through 32. And Jesus makes it clear that abiding in his word leads to truth, and truth leads to freedom. Now, the reason we need constant reform is that we are sinful people who live in a sinful world. We know that the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, well, they are constantly at work to drag us away from the truth that sets us free. And as a result, we constantly stray away from God and away from his word. As the Holy Spirit inspired Isaiah to write, we, all like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to their own way. Now, because we constantly stray, we need constant reformation. The history that we have in the Bible is an account of one reformation after another. In fact, in Eden, the serpent said to the woman, did God actually say, that's in Genesis 3, verse 1. And so with those words, did God actually say, he drew Adam and he drew Eve away from God's word? And then God brought about reformation as he condemned the serpent and he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his feet. That's Genesis 3.15. Now that's not all. There was another reformation in the days of the flood. God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Genesis 6, 13 and 18. Humanity strayed, but God brought Noah and his family back to the truth. Now the patriarchs, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of Jacob's sons strayed away from God's word. And in each case, God brought about reformation that brought them back to the truth. And Moses, 
Moses strayed, and God brought him back to the truth. In fact, God used Moses in turn when the Israelites strayed. God worked through Joshua as well to bring reformation to his people. In fact, the entire history recorded in Judges is one of the people straying from the truth and God taking them through some very strenuous reformation in order to bring them back to the truth. And the history of the kings of Israel and the Judah, and it's full of people straying from the truth and God bringing reformation to them, bringing them back to the truth. And eventually the people strayed, we read, from the truth so severely that they found themselves in exile in Babylon. But even there, God brought reformation through servants such as Daniel and Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther. And many of the letters that Paul wrote to the various churches of the first century were also about reformation. Think about it. The Corinthians and the Galatians had wandered especially far from the truth, the truth of God's word, and Paul's letters brought them back to the truth. And the interesting thing is that with all the changes in this world, human nature does not change all that much. We heard in today's reading from the gospel that we, we heard Jesus uh, respond. The people responded to Jesus and they answered him. Do you remember this part? We are offspring of Abraham. And I, like, hey, here's my credentials. I'm the offspring of Abraham and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say that you will become free. Can you see the fallacy in that? The fallacy is this, that they forgot their ancestors, their ancestors' slavery in Egypt. They forgot about their ancestors' exile in Babylon. They didn't even think at the time they're saying this to lift their eyes up, look over yonder, and to see past the temple area just north to see Roman soldiers who are keeping an eye on them and on the temple grounds from the Antonia Fortress. We're not in bondage. We're not slaved, right? They weren't free, in fact. They weren't free politically, and even worse than that, they were not free spiritually. Now, things haven't changed all that much through the centuries. We still insist that we do not have a problem. We deny our slavery to sin. We still believe that we can get along just fine without help from anyone. And even with all the evidence of evil in this world, we still insist that we are spiritually free. And one of the easiest ways to stray away from the truth is to believe that we can produce our own spiritual freedom. 
Now, the answer that Jesus gave back then is just as valid for us today. Jesus answered them this, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. So in spite of all of our protests, we can't free ourselves from slavery to sin. The fact that this world has war and crime and natural disaster and so forth, it shows us that sin still influences this broken world. And the fact that each of us is still, we still have pain, we still have weakness, we still have illness, and ultimately death shows the influence of our sin, of sin in our lives. It also shows us that we would be lost forever unless we were delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. Now, here's the good part. Fortunately, Jesus did not stop his teaching with condemnation. After he spoke of slavery of sin, he spoke of freedom. Freedom. He continued by saying, the Son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's John 8, 34 through 36. You are free indeed. Jesus is the greatest reformer of all. His words, they not only bring people back to the truth, but his gracious actions give power to his words. At another time when he was describing the death that he would die, he said this, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And since he is the truth, his death would be drawing all people to the truth. Now the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to proclaim this truth in today's reading from the epistle. Did you catch it? This is what he said. This is what Ken read. There is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the Redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Reformation. Reformation brings us to this truth. And this is the truth that we are all sinners from the time of our conception until the day that we die. And our hope, our only hope in this, in this life, our only hope is in the perfect life. The perfect life, the sacrificial death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not in our imperfect life or attitude or but it's in his perfect life and sacrificial death.
And so what happens is we continuously stray. We stray away from this truth and we need continuous reformation to bring, to bring us back to this truth. Each week we've strayed and we come back and we hear his truth. And Jesus gives us the key, the key to the reformation that we need when he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray for those who are in need, that God would comfort them and give them his grace and his peace. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the comfort of the gospel restored to your church on earth through the work of Martin Luther and other faithful pastors and leaders during the Reformation. We praise you, that by your rich grace we have come to the sure knowledge that we stand justified before you, not by what we have done, but by rather the faith that is in what your Son Jesus Christ our Lord has done on our behalf. We implore you, defend your church from all enemies of your saving word. Cause your eternal gospel to be proclaimed in our time to every nation, tribe, language, and people on earth, and graciously preserve your truth for generations to come. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, make us truly your disciples. Keep us in your word. Free us from all errors and make our homes and families peaceful. Preserve all fathers and encourage them for their godly task that children would be brought up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, be with our new to the faith brothers and sisters. Teach us also to hear and learn your word anew as disciples with them. Lord, in your mercy, have mercy on our nation. Give us good and faithful rulers who will govern after your good pleasure. Give us comfort and a right understanding of your rule in this world that we would not be deceived to think earthly powers will last forever, but have confidence in you alone. Lord, in your kingdom come, and Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers for the sick, the joyful, and those in need, especially Tim and Paula and Carol. Answer their prayers. Preserve them by your promises. and Bring them safely through this world to everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, 
You have given us the certainty of sins forgiven in your Son and set forth as the propitiation for our sins by his blood to be received by faith. So lead us to eat and drink your holy body and precious blood in repentance and faith now and always. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us by your word out of darkness, the darkness of error and into the light of your grace. Mercifully help us to walk in that light. Guard us from error and false doctrine and grant that we do not become ungrateful and despise your word, but receive it with our heart, our whole hearts, and conduct our lives according to it, and to put our trust in your grace through the merits of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Let's get ready to pray. Please stand if you're able. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves in your service. And in our lives, care, and all that you have made for the sake of him and his daughter Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy. which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Reformation. Jesus is the ultimate reformer. And Jesus has called us to reformation. He calls to us in this meal that transforms us, that imparts grace, imparts rescuing from sin, death, and the devil. It is for those who confess, those who confess Christ as Lord and Savior. And I've heard you confess. And so if this is your belief, then come. The table is prepared, and the ushers will bring you forward.
compassion they fail not as thou hast been thou forever wilt be Every day is Reformation Day, and thank you, Jesus, for making it that way. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is How Firm a Foundation.
That solo all hell should endeavor to share.